reading from the King James Version, verses 7 through 11. We're going to record this. Amen. So you can just check it out at james122.org or on our YouTube site or Facebook site or via Twitter or via Instagram. Here's what it says in Matthew 7, 7. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth and he that seeketh findeth and to him that knocketh it shall be opened or what man is there of you whom if his son asked for bread would give him a stone or if he asked for a fish would give him a serpent if ye then being evil ouch know how to give good gifts unto your children how much more shall your father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him may the lord add a blessing to the reading of his word and by the way that last verse that talks about in verse 11 matthew 7 11 that verse is also repeated in luke eleven thirteen, and in luke eleven thirteen, he says how much more so will your father which is in heaven give you the holy spirit if you ask and i bring that up because this morning in sunday school we talked about we studied the holy spirit and the way we receive the holy spirit in its simplest form is just asking him lord come into my life fill me with your spirit i want the holy spirit or if you're old school, if you're over 55, I want the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's for some of you old timers that remember back at our church, we only, we only, we only refer to the Lord's Spirit as the Holy Ghost. Uh, the white churches said Holy Spirit. You had to be in the suburbs of Akron to hear the term Holy Spirit or listen to Moody WCRF. But the rest of us, we just refer to Him as the Holy Ghost. You got to get the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we'd say get the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. <laughs> oh, that's that's that was good old days of friendship. But whether you speak in tongues or not, you got to get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, however you want to refer to him. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to be a believer, to be saved. Amen. Amen. So so here's what Jesus says. He's wrapping up this Sermon on the Mount. He's coming to the end of it. And so down the home stretch, as he's rounding third, heading home, he says, he uses these three verbs, ask, seek, knock. For you grammarians, for you English scholars, this is the perfect tense, which means he's saying, keep asking this is not just a a one and done it's not a past tense it's not a present tense it's a per keep asking keep seeking keep knocking it 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 describes an action that is continuous and ongoing you all with me so we don't ask once we don't seek once 
We don't knock once. We keep knocking. We keep seeking. And we keep asking because he is our source. Now, here is where the disconnect comes in. You may say, well, Pastor Will, didn't just a few weeks ago while you were preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, did not you say, according to Matthew 6, that you do not need to use many words as the Pharisees do because the Lord knows what you have need of before you ask. Didn't you say that, Pastor Will? And my answer is, yes, I did read that. The purpose of that passage in Matthew 6 was not to suggest that we shouldn't keep asking. It was to suggest that the purpose of asking is not to try to impress the Lord or overwhelm him with many words because he already knows what we need, have need of. The purpose of our asking is A, it's out of obedience to his word. James says in one, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you receive not because you ask amiss. That means you ask for things that aren't good for you or you ask for things that God doesn't want you to have right now, maybe not ever. So asking, knocking, and seeking are synonymous with praying. That's what it is. It's a metaphor for prayer. So the Lord, once again, he's reiterating his discourse from Matthew chapter 6, about the need to pray. Prayer is a continuous, nonstop action. First Thessalonians says, or, or the Paul wrote in one of the epistles, I believe it's First Thessalonians uh, 4, it, it might be in First Corinthians, where he says that we're to pray without ceasing. I'm almost sure it's the fourth chapter of First Thessalonians. But he says, pray without ceasing, which suggests that prayer is continuous and non-ending. Okay, so that's why knocking, seeking, and asking makes so much sense here, that this is a, just this continuous action. So two quick points on this uh, that makes my, my message for this morning. What we ask for is important. So we, James tells us that we should ask for wisdom to know what to ask him to do for us. We need the wisdom to know what his will is. We need wisdom to know what to ask for when we pray. Because here's what we would do. As knuckleheads at times, we would ask for something that God knows is going to kill us, make us sick, get us in trouble, be counterproductive, even counterintuitive, and it's just all all the way around, not good for us. So we would ask for that. And th thankfully, as a good Heavenly Father, the good Heavenly Father that he is, he would decline our request. Aren't you glad that God doesn't answer all of our prayers unconditionally? Aren't you glad? Because there are some things that I'm sure even we know that we've asked for perhaps even ask earnestly, 
that God did not give to us. And later on, we came to realize, oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad this didn't happen. I'm so glad that didn't happen. I'm so glad I didn't buy this or go there or attend this school or take this job or date this person or marry this person. I'm so glad I didn't. My life would be in shambles now had God granted that request. I can see it now. I couldn't see it then. I can see it now. The same could be said about how God deals with our sicknesses and our illnesses and our infirmities. We don't always see the big picture. We don't know why God it sometimes appears to delay. Sometimes he appears to deny. We don't, we don't understand it. And I, I won't profess to tell you that there is an explanation for it. God has his reasons for everything. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The things that are God's are his. The secret things belong to God. The things that he revealed belong to us. Amen? And to our children, he says. So if God doesn't tell us certain things, it's just best for us to leave it alone. It's above our pay grade. We don't need to know. God will let us know what we need to know, when we need to know it, where we need to know it, and how we need to know it. But if he doesn't, it's okay. Be it known that it's all right for there to be mysteries and unsolved questions, unanswered questions in our Christian walk. We're not going to nail everything and put it in a nice, neat box and put a bow on it. It just doesn't work that way. We're going to go to heaven with a lot of unanswered questions down here on earth. That's just God being God. If we knew everything God knew, then he wouldn't be God, right? If we could just understand everything that he does, he wouldn't be God. The Bible says that his ways are above our ways as the heavens are above the earth. The Old Testament says that his thoughts are above our thoughts as the heavens are above the earth. It is incomprehensible that we can understand everything that God does, even how he deals with prayers. Even, even I, I would say, to some extent, it's, it's amazing because there's, there's a mystery regarding our being able to ask God for something in prayer and then God also being sovereign, and that is he already knows what he's going to do. He already has made his mind up, and he has a plan in place. It's like, well, what does prayer do? Why ask if we can't change God's mind, if God changeth not? He is yesterday, today, and forevermore. Well, we pray, number one, because the Bible tells us to pray. He does, the Bible doesn't tell us only pray when you know you're going to get a result. <laughs> right? The Bible doesn't say that. We pray because there's a reason to pray. Prayer does things for us that we don't even realize. When we ask, when we seek, when we knock, things are happening inside of us. Prayer, prayer is able to change our heart. It may not always change God's mind. I mean, it did in Exodus 32, 9 through 14. It seems like, at least to us, that Moses was able to pray and it averted God's wrath on the Israelites over in Exodus chapter 32. But even when prayer doesn't change the desired result that we're looking for, 
earnest prayer does change our hearts. It changes our mindset. It changes our attitude. And it puts us in a better position, in my humble opinion, it puts us in a better position to understand God's perspective and God's posture on various issues that we ask of him, various requests that we ask. It changes how we process the result. It makes us softer or more engaged, more readily available to receive what he gives us. It makes us process the answer or non-answer better, perfectly, if you will, which wouldn't happen if we weren't praying. So prayer breaks us down and helps us to see things from God's perspective. Prayer helps us learn how to agree with God and not just promote our will without any exceptions. It has to be my way or the highway, God. You gotta do this thing for me. Prayer helps soften our hearts. It helps change our perspective. It helps change our mind. It helps change our attitude. It helps change our understanding of God's result of what he brings our way. Prayer helps us process and accept that better. Prayer is critical. Asking, seeking, knocking, it's critical. The results aren't critical. The process is critical. This is one time where the process, the journey, is actually as important, if not more important, than the destination. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and it shall be given him. He goes into a, a, a lot of good information in James 1, 5 regarding asking. John, 1 John 5, 14 says this, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, his will is his word. Part of God's will is his revealed word, the Bible. If we ask according to his word, that is those things that we know, that we know through his word are permissible, are okay to ask for. We know it because they're in his word. We, we say his word back to him. We restate God's word. We repeat his promises in his ear. We recite back to God those things that are written. We bring into remembrance, as it were, not that God forgets, but we say back to God what he has already stated to us. So we ask this according to his will. We know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have the positions petitions rather that we have desired of him first john 5 14 john 14 14 says if we shall ask anything in his name he said if you ask anything in my name i will do it wow that seems to be a very broad unconditional statement that if we ask anything in his name will he'll do it well if you harmonize that with first john 5 14 and 15 and if you harmonize it with other scriptures, like in Matthew 6, we'll know that when we ask 
a, something according to God's word, God's promises. All we're doing is restating what he's already said. So, of course, he's in agreement. He's not going to contradict his own word. He's not going to contradict and be in conflict with his own promises because God doesn't break his promises like we do. God is not a man that he should break his promises or vows. Amen. He lets us know that clearly in his word. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. That's John 16, 24. So he tells us to ask. So let me close by giving you some scriptures on how we ask. How we ask. There are conditions. There are some conditions as it relates to not God, but conditions as it relates to us that we ask with the proper heart, that we ask with the proper motives, that we ask with the proper purity. Amen? Asking something of God comes with the challenge of making sure that we put ourselves in a position where God is able to honor. He says in Isaiah that, hey, my ear is not shortened that I cannot hear. He says, my ear is not heavy, rather, that I cannot hear. That is, it's not dull, some translations will say, that I can't hear your request. My ears aren't full of wax that when you guys pray that I can't hear you, he says, nor is my hand shortened, that is, nor am I disabled to the point where I can't do or reach you or do something for you. He said, but your sins, your sins, Isaiah writes, have separated you, he created this this chasm created this partition between us and God. So our sins are thwarting or blocking or restraining God from doing our request because there are things in our lives that aren't right. So some prayers are conditional. Here's one thing I love what he says in his word. He says in 1 John 3, 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Watch this. You all with me? First John 3.22. You guys haven't checked out or no one's sleep, right? No one's tuned this out yet, right? Okay, good. First John 3.22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. That sounds really good. So far, so good. But listen, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Ouch. That's, that's a lot to process. First John 3, 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and that conjunction there. That conjunction there connects the previous phrase with the upcoming phrase. So the two are both conditional. The two are both required. The two are part of the same process, the same condition that's necessary for him to answer our request, whatever we ask. It says that A, part A, we keep his commandments. Part B, just in case you get cute and say, well, this is not a commandment, so I'm okay here. 
he creates a, a, a beautiful qualifier by saying, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Wow. That covers everything. Even if it's not listed at a, as a so-called specific literal commandment, what's pleasing in his sight encases everything that we can do, say, or think. John 15, 7 says, if we abide, it says, if ye abide in me, KJV, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So in this particular passage, the Lord puts the qualifier first. The conditions are first. You need to abide in me. That's one thing. And then my words need to abide in you. The word abide means several things. It means to reside. It means to live. It means to last. It means to stay. It means to take up residence. It means to keep. It means to comply. So abiding involves all of those things. God's word abiding, staying in us, being vibrant being alive, being effective, being effectual, the efficacy of God's word in us and us abiding with him. That means submitting in obedience, faithfulness, consistency. It says if you do that, then yeah, you can ask whatever you want. So Jeremiah 29, 13, Jeremiah said, the Lord said to Jeremiah, to the children of Israel, actually through Jeremiah, he said, you will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, that's the NIV. I like the King James Version better than that. He says, you will seek me and find me. The King James Version says, when you search for me. I, I chose the NIV seek because Matthew 7 says, ask, seek, and knock. But I love that word search because the word search implies a constant, deliberate, volitional action that you continue to do until you find what it is you are looking for. Search. It, it, it suggests sort of a forensic approach to it, like I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to be deterred. I'm not going to be blocked until I get what I want. Search for me. Search for the Lord. And listen, here's what I love about this. This is my closing thought that Jeremiah says. Jeremiah is not talking about searching, seeking, you know, scouring for things. Right? Matthew 6.33 says that um, it, it, it says that you seek, seek for these things which are, well, I'm going I'm to actually read it. Because he talk, he's talking about in Matthew 6.33 about, um, and, I, and I just lost my thoughts, so that's why I want to read it rather than try to quote it. Uh, but, I, but I know the, uh, the verse is a very popular verse. But seek ye first, and this is what he's saying here with the, regarding these things. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So Matthew 6.33 is talking about seeking the Lord first, seeking him first, not seeking the things, not seeking the goodies, not seeking the petitions, not seeking the request, not seeking even the needs, 
he says, seek him. And he's it's seemingly the Lord is echoing what he said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 29, 13, that you seek me and find me when you search for me, when you seek me with all your heart. Whew, that just kind of puts a lot of onus on us, so to speak, in that we can't have step our relationship with him. It can't be up and down, in and out, partial. We have to commit ourselves that, Lord, I want to do those things that are pleasing in your sight, not just so that I can get things from you, but because I love you and I want to be obedient to you and I want to please you. And that's the operative word there, pleasing. I want to please the Lord. I don't want to just be compliant. Compliant almost seems like I'm doing it because I have to or I'm doing it because the consequences would be devastating if I didn't or I'm doing it because I'm going to get a reward. I, I don't want to do stuff for the Lord in order to get a reward, right? That, that's not why we do what we do. We do what we do because we want, we want the Lord to be pleased with us. We want him to be excited about us. We want him to be glorified because of our actions. We want him to be honored because of us. We want him to be exalted because of us. We want him to be magnified because of us. We want him to be high and lifted up because of us. We want God to receive a sweet smelling savor in his nostrils because of us. We want to be a pleasant fragrance to God because of us. We want to be the apple of his eye because of our eyes. We want him to be glorified because of us. That's why we do it. That is why we do it. That's why we do it. It makes it easy for God to bless us. It makes it easy for God to listen to our requests. It makes it easy for God to respond to our petitions when we've filled our days and nights looking for ways to be pleasing in his sight and looking for ways to bring him honor and looking for ways to bring him glory. It's easy for God to want to do good by us because what parent doesn't shower an obedient, loving, unselfish, beautiful child with good things? Even then, you're not going to give him just unlimited ice cream and candy and, you know, you're not just going to ply him with bad stuff. You love him too much for that. But you certainly will make sure to the best of your ability that his and her needs are met, that they have a warm room to sleep in, that they have a roof over their head, that they have food to eat, that they have clothes to wear, that they have the, the, the basic comforts and the necessities of life. You will bend over backwards to make sure that is done. And then you certainly are willing to throw in a few little goodies here and there when you can and because you can. That's how God is even greater of a parent than we are. If we can do those simple things, he says in Matthew 7, how much more so does the Heavenly Father give us not only what we need, 
but many times give us what we want according to his will. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord, for even the weather, for what reasons you have for this weather. We thank you for it. We thank you that we are alive and well and healthy. Uh, and we thank you, Lord, for just giving us the privilege to assemble to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. Teach us your word. Help us to learn your word. Help us to love your word. Help us to live your word. Lord, that you might be glorified and we, your people, might be edified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So the Monday morning moment is based on Jeremiah 29, 13, since our message is about seeking and finding and asking and knocking. So the Monday morning, the Monday, the Monday morning moment is God does not always answer our prayers immediately. but he always meets our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. He doesn't always answer our prayers immediately, but he certainly meets our needs, and that's according to his word, according to his promises. And I want you to remember that because I think that will help us when it seems like the Lord has turned a deaf ear to us, when it seems like our issues go on indefinitely, don't give up. Always remember that if God isn't addressing this quote-unquote perceived need right now, he has his reasons, and he's working in us a far more excellent glory. He's working in us something, according to Philippians 2.13. He's doing something. It's a song Rick and Deanna sang uh, a few weeks ago 